At the Facing Hunger Food Bank, we believe that food is something nobody should ever have to worry about. That's why our mission is to feed anyone that is in need. In order to take care of everyone in the 17 counties that we cover, it takes a lot of people working together every day. Through their hard work, we've been able to make a major impact on our communities. This podcast is our way of sharing the stories of every person and every program that is involved in making the difference in the lives of those in need. Because at the Facing Hunger Food Bank, we know that every plate has a story. Hey, everybody. This is Cindy Kirkhart, CEO at Facing Hunger Food Bank, and I am so excited that this is our inaugural podcast of Every Plate Has a Story, and I can't imagine a better guest to kick off this uh, podcast series talking about the stories of... um, about the food bank, about what we do, and about our community partners than to have Cassie Miller with us today. Um, Cassie, welcome to Every Plate Has a Story. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be part of this inaugural podcast and uh, help share share some stories and get the community uh, more involved. Absolutely. And thank you. That's why I wanted you to be the first one. Um, I've known you now for quite a while. I would imagine you've always had a servant's heart. So tell us a little bit about Cassie, and then we'll kind of get into the the heart of every play has a story. Well, um, you know, I grew up grew up here in Southern Ohio and Appalachia, and I um, never really appreciated what Appalachia and what Appalachian people were about until um, I went away. You know, you yeah. go away uh, for a little bit and you come back, and then I took an Appalachian fiction and poetry class with my um, English major in college here at Marshall. And I learned so much and had so much respect for the grit of the Appalachian people. And um, from there, I just, I don't know, jumped in where I could, where I wanted to. I was in the junior league for a long time, really uh, tried to support the community in different ways through the Mm -hmm. junior league uh, and learned a lot about the needs of the community. You know, as a young adult, Mm -hmm. you see things differently once you start thinking about your career and your family and what you want the community where you choose to stay, what you want it to look like. So, yeah, so I've, I don't know, I jumped in with two feet with you about three or four years ago. Yeah. Uh, and boy, jump in, I think is the app descriptor. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget that at eight o'clock on President's Day, you and I are talking about you going to Sam's Club yeah. to buy a bunch of food. And it didn't stop there. You want to talk about the rest of that day? I had about three or four Sam's Club employees follow me around with wagons of food, carts of food. And I don't know if I loaded up two or three vans yeah, of food. You did. Uh, I mean, the the check engine light was on. <laughs> there was so much food <laughs> these vans coming across the bridge from South Point. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm a teacher at heart, and I love kids and I have a passion and an empathy for what teachers do. And I, I get the frustrations that happen. And, and this is not about, you know, politics or, or, or education. But, you know, with education comes, it's not just commas, and it's not just presidents. It, it, it's 
feeding the whole child, you know, the soul, the brain, the physical being. And it's really hard to do when kids are hungry. Yeah. You know, when someone's hungry, they don't care about prepositions. Right. They don't. So when that um, teacher strike happened, I got a little worried about all these kids. And my husband and I started talking and we decided let's feed them. You know, we were able to do it. Uh, I mean, I didn't want to wring my hands. I wanted to do something. So I did it and I brought my kids with me and we boxed a whole pallet of food and delivered it to Guy and Dot, to, to you all. And I can't remember a couple other places, yeah. um, libraries. It was, it was a feat and it was great. And I called girlfriends and they came by and helped pack food and their friends and, and kids. And, you know, it, it was a small army, a really small army, yeah. but it's amazing what you can accomplish in 10 hours, 12 hours. And, and I had friends that couldn't come, but they just wrote me a check That's and right. said, here, put this towards the food, you know? Um, and, and so you never know what people will do until you, you step up. And sometimes they think, oh, well, that's, I'll, I'll help you. If you're leading the charge, I can, I can be part of the army, you know? And um, sometimes people just don't like to have the idea and all the pressure, but they'll jump in and be a good, you know, a good soldier and pack something and work on the conveyor belt. And it worked out great. It did. That was quite an army. And um, that was nine pallets. Nine pallets. Of boxes similar to what's behind us now. That had, I don't know, six backpacks, you know, for the weekend yep. for kids yep. each. That's right. Um, and it was all day. Yeah. You know, it we finished day. up in the evening. The kids, your kids were there all day. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your kids because every time that we've had work together, as you could bring them, I mean, you've mm-hmm. brought kids over to volunteer through the R Society, yep. the, you know, Fatima. Tell me about the import of sharing this kind of vision you have with your kids. You know, I think that kids feel, um, for lack of a better word, kind of led, uh, uh, bossed around, you know, uh, under a thumb sometimes as they feel like they don't have control. And and sometimes they feel powerless. And, they, and you don't see that really in their being in the everyday, but they're just like, okay, time to get up. Let's go to school. Let's go to practice. Now I got to eat. You know, they're ruled by, by many variables. And I feel like the more that we show our kids how, how great they have it, you know, and, and how they can be part of something bigger, it just empowers them and gives them more power. You know, we, we traveled one time to, um, Chicago to see my husband's college roommate and I didn't prepare my kids for the amount of homelessness in downtown Chicago Mm -hmm. and they were wide-eyed and shocked and my middle son took was begging me for like money to give to all these people on the street and I finally I did I finally succumbed I said here you know and and he looked at me after he gave this man a dollar and he looked at me and said mom look and he pointed to his eye and he said there's a tear of joy you know, I mean, it was just so the compassion that he has. And sometimes you can't teach that. That's just in there. It's innate. And it's great to foster as little kids and foster their empathy, you know, and, and kids worry about things. And, and it's nice to turn that worry into a plan. Sure. You know, and so it's been good for us. And 
my son's applying for the honors program at Huntington High right now. And, you know, he was able to put that he's been here and helped out and, and he's planning on, you know, bringing them back here. And uh, yeah, I brought my National Junior Honor Society students here and, you know, I brought them to uh, the Gallagher Library also where they, they were had a garden and they were feeding people yeah. there. And, and those things, you know, it's right in your neighborhood. It's right in your community. We could walk to Gallagher Village Library from the school and it shocked these kids that they were, they helped plant things and that, that, that kids depended on that library and that food all summer. And it just, it's, it's interesting for them to see someone like them who needs something, you know? Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about, but I want to kind of circle back. You're one of the busiest people I know, <laughs> but you have managed to find a way. Uh, very few people would have been able to have taken a whole day to help us pack backpacks mm -hmm. for kids. So clearly your heart, you know, led you to that. And, you know, it was a time commitment. What would you say to those folks who similarly want to be involved in something? I think sometimes folks think that there's so much time required that they don't know how to get involved. How have you managed to do that? And what would you say to them? Well, you know, I read a quote one time, um, just recently, I think I said it to you, that is, plant a tree under which you will never enjoy the shade. And I keep thinking about that, you know, mm -hmm. and that I don't have to even spend hours packing backpacks. I can just drop something off here, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, I can ask you, you know, and go to my kid's school and say, hey, would you guys be willing to... Um, do a food drive for just maybe canned fruit, you know, or fruit cups or something like that is non-perishable or peanut butter, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so that, that doesn't take a lot of time. It just takes a, a baby bit of initiative, you know, just one little step. And those little things, even though we don't feel like we need a recognition or, or empowered, but they do empower you to be even more, you know, to move even step closer to a, another goal. Um, and, and you're, you're, not reaping the benefits of the shade, you know, someone else right. is. Right. Yeah. That's such a powerful saying. And I love that you shared it with me when you did. And I've referenced that in my own life a lot. So early stages, you got involved, you've kind of been involved. And I will confess that I reached out to you not that long ago and said, we really want to get more engagement with the community. We want to educate the community. You left and said, I'll think about this, you know. Then you came back and wow, you knocked it out of the park because you came up with some incredible initiatives. I'm excited to talk about those. So let's talk about the plan of seed. Oh, okay. oh my gosh, all that. Huh, where do we start? I know. I just. I keep spinning my wheels and thinking and thinking. And then um, I, this is what drives my closest people around me crazy because I can't, um, I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I get something in my head. But yeah, I wanted to go back to the kids and plant a seed and, and create lifelong givers and lifelong uh, uh, citizens who are empathetic and, and can solve, solve a solution that we're facing. You know, we're not... We can't snap our finger and solve climate change. So right. let's like let's snap our finger, get a whole bunch of friends together, and let's go pack some backpacks. Yeah, you know we can we can help this cause, and 
So I wanted to start, plant a seed is basically what happens when you, when, when you're in a garden, you're gardening. I love to garden. So you, know, you plant the seed, you, you nurture it, you watch it grow. And, and eventually, you know, you water it, the sun comes and eventually you pull the fruit. Right. Um, and, and you can, you know, one apple can serve three kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I wanted to plant the seed in anybody who hasn't been involved with the food bank, but more so with kids. And, and let's get the kids in here. Let's show them what is happening in our community. Let's, or I should say in our region. Uh, let's show them what, what is needed and, and how they can help. Let's empower these kids to be great givers, you know, to be great volunteers, uh, a civic-minded. So that's step one. And, and anybody who else hasn't been in here, let, let's get them in here and do the same thing. Uh, the, the second thing is, here would be to physically plant a seed and this is my big goal, um, our our, com- our combined goal, yeah. to literally teach people to garden and to be empowered. You know, Appalachians are the grittiest, hardest working, most stubborn people. I-, I did it today. I dropped a bag of dog food and someone offered me their cart. I said, no, no, I got it. We don't want to ask for help, but we're also the first people to offer help. A- and yeah, true. And we're the most giving. I mean, I've been, I've tried to mow my lawn one time and I couldn't get my lawnmower started. And a man walking by said, can I help you? You know, so we're all helpful people. And we have even more so now we have a huge sense of community. So I think we can piggyback off our sense of community and teach people how to garden and teach people how to plant something. I mean, even in, you can use like paper bags and start a little garden of herbs. And, you know, when they get their food, from you and even if they sprinkle you know basil fresh basil on it that that is lifting them a little it's, yep. it's their choice it's something they have cultivated and they they can feel empowered and and powerful and and, and proud mm-hmm. you know i mean you're never so proud as when someone says that was delicious you know and, and that's a little i always tell my kids it's made with vitamin L, you know, vitamin love. And that's a little bit of like love in that soil and in that care for that plant. And and then serve it to somebody else, serve it to your family. So I, I would love to to plant the seed, to get some community gardens and and teach people how to can or windowsill gardens. Yeah. Yeah. So in that first discussion, you came with your notebook and you had all kinds of ideas. Um, I think we even sketched out what, you know, yeah, the tree (laughs) and um, T-shirts with different logos. But you provided education about Ron Finley. Yes. And I did some research on him. I'll let you kind of describe more about Ron Finley. But one of the things that he is is always known to say is if you want to change a community you've got to change the soil i love getting my hands in the soil yeah so I tell mean, us about ron finley and I, your thoughts there i had someone look at my hands a while ago i was in a restaurant before covid and she said let me see your hands and she said oh those are working hands and i said yep <laughs> you know yep. Uh, and there's something so great about gardening um anyway yes so so i it, with that note i was watching the master class uh, around the first quarantine. And um, Ron Finley has a master class. He's in inner city LA. Yep. Is that not maybe, I, I don't know my 
Los Angeles geography, but he's in Los Angeles. And he says, nothing is more gangster than gardening. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's true. It is not just an old white man's thing to do. It's not your grandparents thing to do. And and it's not, you know, the poor thing to do. It it is a great thing. Um, And so it, it supports your whole community. It supports your neighborhood. I mean, how many times does we had a guy the other day drop off um, watermelon to us. You know, like how many times do you know people who have like just given extra food they've grown out of their garden? You share. And that's yeah. what, what's so great. So Ron Finley um, is teaching uh, the he's teaching inner city kids, inner city men, people who have just gotten out of prison, how to garden, gardening in a container, gardening in a, a square, tiny little plot of land the size of this table, any way he can. And he says, there's nothing, you know, more real than, than sticking your hands in a plant and pulling away out those roots so they can stretch and grow and then transplanting them. And and he's careful with it and he loves these plants and he cultivates them to become fruit bearing and and something that, that you reap the rewards from. And and so it's giving people something else to focus on. And there's, you know, when you have anxiety or you're frustrated or you're stressed you know just get outside and and, you know work in that garden and it it's good for my soul you know um so i think that uh he he's he's inspiring Mm -hmm. and and i would love to get him here to inspire us our community i mean if you can if you can grow a tomato plant in inner city los angeles we can surely do it in west virginia Mm -hmm. you know um, yeah, so so that is a, a big dream goal is to get him here, have an event. Let's get in to some neighborhoods. Let's get into some schools. Let's teach kids how to do this. Let's give them some seeds, give them a bag of dirt, send them on their merry way, and, and hopefully and follow up, you know, guide yeah. them. And, and let's teach people how to be self-sufficient and share. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that the Facing Hunger Food Bank provides mobile pantries across our region every month? In the month of November, here's where you can find us. Every Tuesday until the end of the year, we will be at the Fayette Township Fire Department in South Point from 10 a.m. to noon. November 3rd in West Huntington at 14th Street West and Madison Avenue from 2 to 4 p.m. November 4th at Goodwill in Louisa, Kentucky from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. November 8th at Crodell Park in Point Pleasant from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. November 17th in West Huntington at 14th Street West and Madison Avenue from 2 to 4 p.m. November 18th at Central Christian Church in Ironton, Ohio from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And November 22nd at House of Hope Mingo in Del Barton from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can head over to our website, facinghunger.org, to find out more about our mobile pantries and much more. We made the um, assignment to you to help us. You came back with your ideas, and then the very next meeting, you brought in, what, six women? Yeah, I think there was five of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that we didn't know. Yeah. You know, we may have known through mm-hmm. um, the community or that type of things. Your power is engagement, clearly. Can you talk about that? And Well, you know, um, yeah, I can talk about anything. <laughs> There's not a problem. Yes, you can. But um, yeah, you know, um, I have a real issue with not being real. So, you know, I, that's why I find people that I love and that I want to hang on to and like, if we don't make a connection, if I could try and try and try, I'm just not going to waste my time and fake my way through it, you know? And, and so, uh, some of these girls I have known for 20 years, some of them, well, most of them I've known for a long, you know, one of them, um, has moved here for, up from Georgia and is a great friend of mine. I've known for about six years now. Um, and I, I went through my, it's not a Rolodex anymore. It's a phone, but I went through my phone thinking, who is it that I want to spend some more time with? And who is it that... I think would have interesting ideas, mm-hmm. a new insight, and also learn something about the food bank. So um, I brought these ladies in and we had that meeting in the sunshine one day and they learned a lot from you and Velma talking about the medical boxes that yeah. you do. Um, the, all the count. I don't think anybody has a clue that the food bank serves 17 counties. I, I, right. I didn't know that. You know, I would think it would just serve Cabell County, maybe Wayne County. I had no idea you went across state lines. Yeah. Which shows how great the need is and, and how important it is to, you know, there needs to be five more groups like my group. You know, I, I need to bring 10 more ladies in and let's do something. But um, but anyway, the, the need is great. and They've learned a lot. And, and they're, we're, we're going to plan something big, hopefully in the spring when mm-hmm. if COVID ever slows down and calms down. And But we're going to... Um, help out the food bank and, and I was just in love fun with one of them today thinking like okay get your kids school to do a food drive let me find out what we need yeah. and, and get these kids involved and that's a quick easy thing to do you know get your kids involved I mean I even said we should just go there for lunch one before lunch pack some bring in some donations pack some backpacks and then we could all go to lunch together you know and, and um, it, it's interesting how people think that oh, I can't volunteer. I don't have time. But when you right. say it like that, oh, well, yeah, let's go for two hours. That's easy. And then I'll go to lunch and we'll make a day of it and mm-hmm. not do laundry instead or not make phone calls or not, you know, right. Um, and, and it gets people out and it gets people to see. And the great thing about the food bank is that I've said, there are some people, you know, who are fearful of COVID and, and fearful of being exposed and being with other people. And it's great because we can open up all those garage doors. Yes. And have fresh air and do something good for the community yeah we have big fans for air circulation everything what i um am so impressed with is you lead by example you're not asking people to do something that you haven't done yeah um i don't think back when you you know brought your army and we packed all those backpacks you worked as harder harder than anybody (laughs) you were there till the bitter end Um, you could have chosen for your kids to have gone home and you could have had a nice evening, you know, but you didn't stop. And uh, the other folks came in and and you had a rotation and it was terrific, but you and all three of your kids were there all day long. Yep. I don't even think you 
had lunch. No. I should have fed you. It's I'm okay. sorry. No, <laughs> we could have opened up a can of peanut butter, I'm sure, but we're okay. Yeah. We, we survived. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they still remember that. They still talk about that, and uh, they remember it, and they love it. And, and today I asked um, my oldest son, I said, what do you, you know, like, I'm going to do this podcast today. What do you think about, you know, like, kids not having food? And he said, I can't even, I, I can't even grasp it. You know, I mean, I mean, he's helped, but he doesn't have to wake up and worry. You know, when I taught, um, when I taught at, at what used to be Kamak Middle School, mm-hmm. which is where Huntington Middle is now, we had students that, you know, got off the bus and went to the city mission. You know, that was their, that was their food, mm-hmm. you know, and then they came to school for their breakfast meal and that was their food. And that was also the days when it was kind of shameful to have free lunch and now, now everybody has free lunch. My son's in high school and I said, hey, do you need money in case you want to go get something to drink or a salad bar? And he was like, no, mom, it's fr- everything's free now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so there is, that, that stigma has been erased and there is that, that um, I guess, freedom now for all kids to go and get what they want uh, from the salad bar or from the lunch tray and not, not feel embarrassed. Right. You know, right. And, and it, I mean, that has to be in itself a, a great feeling for these kids to just be like everybody else because they can't help what, what's going on with their parents. You know, they can't help that. Who knows? I mean, that, that could have been me growing up. When I was a kid, my dad got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. My mom stayed home. My dad went to work. And when he got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, the roles reversed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that could have been me. It could have been anybody. And in, in that regard, I think about that all the time. And I think about how I always need a safety net underneath me because you never know what's going to happen. And, and these kids, I mean, this is what the food bank is. It's their safety net. You know, so we've, I just think it's important to go back to planting the seed and enrich the soil and and get people in here to help get um, people motivated to help get kids and families motivated to grow their food, even if it's a little bit, you know, a grow or my dream would be have a huge garden just with tomatoes and maybe green beans and we could can all those and they could have canned tomatoes all winter for soups or, or, you know, pasta sauce or anything. What I loved that you said earlier, and I think it's so important Nothing stands alone. When we have kids that are going to school and they're hungry, to your point, they can't focus on prepositions and they can't focus on math and they're tired and all those things are going on. What I know about you is in your various roles in your life, you have paid attention to those things. Mm -hmm. Um, you've recounted stories about students that you had that um, you kind of watched after, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, I think that what we hope for at the food bank and certainly with our community partners and our friends like you is that we are recognizing that food is a part of the equation, that if we have kids that have enough to eat, then they're more focused. You've been in the classroom. Yep. You know the challenges just in general. Yeah. What are your yeah, thoughts the, the there? Mood, I mean, and not even just food, not a bag of potato chips. And Lord knows I love potato chips. But, you know, healthy food, the right things. I mean, there, there are so many 
issues that affect children and even adults. I mean, how many times do we lay awake at night worrying about something mm-hmm. that's not life-threatening? You know, but, but food insecurity is, it's hard. It's, it's hard on these kids. I mean, I think, I think you're the one that told me this story about one of the kids sharing ramen noodles with a sibling. Yeah. You know, um, that is, that is amazing to me because when you're hungry, you don't want to share, you know, and how sweet of that child and, and how giving of a spirit to take care of the little sibling, the love there. And it's sad. It's really disheartening. And I just think about these kids who, where would they be if they didn't know they had this coming home from school? Right. And where would they be if they knew they didn't have a safe place at school to go to? You know, and where would they be if they didn't, if they knew, you know, they weren't going to be safe? You know, there are a lot of things affect children. And I mean, and especially with, with the worry of COVID, it's put fears in my children and, and they don't have to worry about food. Right. You know? So it's, it's one less thing. And it's not, you know, a, especially now it's nobody's fault. You know, it just happens. And it's one of these things about Appalachians is that there's probably people out there that aren't asking for help because they're just so daggone stubborn, mm-hmm. but they need it. And, and when they get it, they're very grateful and they probably would share that meal with a neighbor because that's also how Appalachians are yes absolutely you know I told you that story um specific to our backpack program right after I started at the food bank um I had a story brought to me by one of my staff members and a little boy had been stealing ketchup packets okay and so they caught him doing it a couple of days. And so finally they took him to the school principal and said, you can't steal, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on? And he burst into tears and he said, I've been taking them home and putting hot water in the ketchup and I make tomato soup for my little brother. Bless, bless his heart. Okay. So mm-hmm. what I love about that story is... Why the problem solver, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if we remove hunger from the equation and he can look forward rather than at his stomach, you know, his possibilities are unlimited. That's right. And I know that you in the classroom have, you know, seen kids that maybe had limitations because of poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up at a time I didn't know we were poor. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like kids are really aware mm-hmm. if they have less than. Yeah. What are your thoughts there about, you know, that impact of poverty? Well, uh, you know, um, one of the, I had a friend who just moved in my neighborhood and she said, I've lived in, um, you know, in Louisiana. She said, I've lived in Florida. I've lived in Colorado. She said, where I grew up in Colorado, the you know, you were in a nice neighborhood or on a nice street and you didn't see poverty. She said, what I love for my kids about Huntington is that you can turn a corner and see it, Mm -hmm. you know? And and yeah, we don't need to, we don't need to put a lid on poverty. It 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 exists and it is real and it is never so real in the hollows of West Virginia. You know, I mean, people, it's everywhere. And, 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 and so I, I think if it's it's clear, 
you know, um, I also think uh, that's why I love, you know, public school, because when I taught at Kamak, I had a class that I called my United Nations meeting. You know, I had a child who knew Aramaic Mm -hmm. and she brought her prayer rug in and shared it with us. I had a kid from Sweden Um, and there were kids who rode the bus to um, the city or the um, city mission. Sorry. Um, So, you know, they all bonded with each other. They played sports together. You know, they didn't all make the honor roll. And, And the kids who parents were both had careers that, you know, some of those didn't all make honor roll. Um, but, but I love that. And I, I, I love that it doesn't matter, you know, and it shouldn't matter, but you're right. It is more prevalent. There is a divide. Um, and I I hope that our, this next generation coming up, will be able to, you know, take the roots from the seeds we planted Mm -hmm. and, and do something about that, you know? And, but I believe that, West Virginians are workers. I mean, I believe that we are tough, or I should just say Appalachians, and that we are workers and we get things done. And we've had a bad run of luck for a while. And not to get political, but you know, who knows what's going to happen with the coal industry right. and jobs like that. And um, we, you know, we need to educate our kids really well, make sure they're fed, and and they can go anywhere if those two things. You know, our teachers are so supportive in our school system. They are, they are um, pillars yes. of education and and dreams and goals. And, and it's so important for these kids to learn how to set goals. Because when you're worried about, you know, stealing ketchup packets for your next meal or splitting that ramen noodle for your next meal you're not going to worry about the test in three weeks. And, and that's another thing with poverty is I learned when I was teaching that, you know, children in poverty do not learn how long-term planning because their parents are concerned about who knows surviving or, or getting their next check, you know, making rent by buying, you know, formula for a baby or diapers for a baby. And, and they're not thinking, how am I going to like, you know, set up a retirement plan? You know, they're, they're just, they, that's just not in their wheelhouse because they're trying to survive. And, and so there are a lot of tools that kids in poverty need just aside from a meal. But when you are hungry, you can't focus, you know, that's we got right. a whole generation walking around hangry, right. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, you just, you can't, you can't focus. Thank God for CrossFit, right? Because right. we got the hangry term and we've known it for years. Yeah. And then suddenly yeah. it's like, yeah, that's what that is. My daughter uses it. And I said, no, no, no. It's not because you're angry and hungry. It's that you're so hungry, you're angry. You know, <laughs> let's use it the right way if you're going to use it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, we've, got, we've got to figure out something. And, and this is a start. I think that we can plant the seed. You know, let's get kids fed. Let's get great quality food. Just yes. because you are poor, you don't have to be eating ramen noodles. I don't right. know. I don't, yeah. I mean, your food insecurity, the most important thing for you is apples, tomatoes, bananas, blueberries, salad, you know, good quality meat. And it's really hard to do when, you know, when an organization like the food bank is taking a dime and, and turning it into a dollar. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. hard to do. But, but I think with, 
community input and community partners. There's, I think there's a lot of resources that, that don't know they could help and don't understand what they could do. And, and I think the more you do podcasts like this and we meet people in network and, and just keep our wheels turning and thinking about what we need to do and, and how, you know, just different ways that the community can get involved, how others can help. I, I think we'll get there. I think we'll be something big and amazing. I mean, it would be amazing if we had a farm, you know, I mean, I could <laughs> incredible. It would I could be go, incredible. Yeah. I could go crazy with these dreams, but why not? Why, why not dream big? Cause I don't want to just feed one kid or one family, you know? Right. You know, we did, we do surveys mm -hmm. um, with the schools and the kids that we serve with backpacks in particular. And I was so surprised that, um, 83% of the teachers surveyed mm -hmm. reported that the thing that they saw as a biggest difference for the kids that got backpacks were they had higher self-esteem. I love it. Okay. Love it. So, you know, you're talking about really transformational mm -hmm. things. And I think that the more we talk about those things, I it took my breath that you know, we're impacting self-esteem. And you know, when you feel better about yourself, mm -hmm. you're able to do more, mm -hmm. right? You're going yeah. to take some risk. You're going to set some goals. Yeah. And so, hey, these far-reaching goals of a farm, I don't think are that big, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're achievable yeah. because we're transforming the way people think. If I, having been at the food bank for years, was like improving self-esteem, yeah. You know, and then I want to do more and better. So yeah. if we continue to have these discussions, and to your point, I mean, look at the outreach you've done in a short amount of time. Well, I think you're <laughs> patting me on the back a little too much. <laughs> no, I've observed it, and I have sat across the table from these ladies who, yeah, they, you know, they they are intentional. They want to learn. And then, you know, I'm hoping that they're going back and having conversations with their families like you do. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys are talking about things. Yeah. Um, so if, if we start this movement and plant that seed, mm -hmm. for sure, you know, we're going to make this happen. Let's talk about, um, yeah, COVID's a thing. We mm -hmm. all know that. We have big plans. We also know that we've got some opportunities that there are some very successful um, school gardens, I think at Spring Hill, mm -hmm. um, some other places. But then we've also had uh, like the Boys and Girls Club had a, a garden, but it was sponsored. Now it's not sponsored. Where do you see, you know, how far do you see the reach going? You reference we have 17 counties. We serve 130,000 people just on a good day. Oh That's gosh. not COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, there are in West Virginia 25,000 kids that benefit from backpacks. So where do you, how do you see that we grow this, you know? I, I would love to see you know, a, a big plot of land, like, you know, every time I drive on the south side, I see a vacant lot. And I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if we could get that lot. Like, <laughs> who yeah. do I know? What, who could I call? How do I, I call my realtor? And I'm just like, hey, do you, do you know who owns that? Yeah. Um, because I, I think that would be amazing. Uh, the sad thing is, is that, yeah, we're trying to feed people and we would love to have a garden, but we're going to have to have a fence around it. You know, yeah. that, that's what's sad. Just for and, the deer. 
the deer yeah. uh, that was my ne- my next comment the deer now we have a fox in my neighborhood so <laughs> who knows what else is oh, coming <laughs> but yeah um it would be nice to have several big plots of land in Cabell county um I, I would love to see stretches of you know the the, the property was set between a house and a sidewalk mm-hmm. you know that's just grass and we has to mow it and it's annoying and I, I think it would be i would love to see that between you know homes and and if they have and i would love to see you know let's just let's just say your house for example if you have a plot of land a stretch that you just beside your house you don't see it out your window you don't care about it you have to sit to mow it then let's plant something there yeah and then just bring it in plant herbs bring it in you know and, and pass them out to people and i would love to to get people in neighborhoods doing that you know just and and then they're helping but just something simple as like oh yeah i can i can go to the i just found out we can go to the farm bureau and get seeds so let's go to the Cabell county farm bureau and yeah. and get seeds pass them out to some people who, who are hobby gardeners you know and and Plant some sage and plant some thyme and plant some rosemary and then bring it into people. I mean, I know those aren't always highly nutritious as far as you're going to get lots of nutrients from those. But at least the fact that they could wash it, cut it up, you know, it's a baby step to empowering them to go, oh, my gosh, this this ravioli does taste better with a little bit of rosemary on it or parsley or sage, you know? Yeah. Um, and, And I think that's a start. It's like, oh, well, let me see if I can, maybe I can grow a tomato, you know? And, and um, I, I was shopping with my mom this spring and she got, oh gosh, I can't even think of what packet of something she got. And I said, why do you have that? And she said, it won't let your tomatoes turn brown on the bottom. And she said, and if you don't buy this, you could just mash up your eggshells and stick them around the bottom of your tomato plant so they won't get the rot on the bottom. And I'm like, well, I can do that. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I sure had no idea about that. Right? That's fantastic. So there's people yep. out there with knowledge and that's what I would love is people like like master gardeners to come into neighborhoods and teach them how to plant three or four things. Uh, um, I, I, it would just be continual education and growth and, and, and neighbors supporting neighbors. You know, yes, we're, it's a, let's just, uh, there's a poor rural area. They all need something. Well, maybe one guy has a tiller for love from his grandpa. You know, those are things people just have in their, like yeah. their shed out back. I mean, how empowering would that, would somebody feel if they're like, yeah, I'll till up three plots for you guys real fast and real fast. I'm saying, I don't mean a swimming pool size of a garden, you know, like a a sidewalk path Mm -hmm. of a garden and you can plant, you know, some tomato plants in there or squash. And and, I mean, it's a little bit of nutrition. I'll take a little bit over nothing. Absolutely. So... You've Did really answered your question. Yeah. Sorry. And you've really prompted a lot for me. Um, first, what I really love is that what you're talking about is doing with mm-hmm. as opposed to doing for. No, or no, doing no, no. To, yes. Right. So yeah. everything that you're talking about is doing with. No, my kids which hate I, it. Yeah. And I think that really <laughs> they hate that about empowers <laughs> people because people feel the gift mm-hmm. of. I value you, mm-hmm. you know, we are in this together. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that the Appalachian diet has not always included, I mean, until I was an adult, 
I didn't think about things that made things taste savory. Right. You know, so there were a lot of spices I didn't know how to use. Mm -hmm. Or um, a new sage because my mom really made great dressing. But I think, you know, instead of it's a deficit that you don't know those things, that you learn about them. Yeah. And then, to your point, it improves the taste or it improves the quality of those things that they're consuming. And we know like dining is an experience right we cook we invite our friends over you know and, and we share it and we critique it i mean they critique my cooking i don't know about anybody else's <laughs> but you know i mean it's yeah. just an experience and it's fun and i um you know i was been making sourdough bread and cinnamon wow. bread and and you know um it's great to share that and it's great to taste different flavors. I learned how to make my own pho or pho from whichever school of thought you are. But I've made my own pho because my kids love it. And I never grew up on like Vietnamese food, you right. know. And um, so it, it every, all of that, different flavors, different tastes, it is just like learning uh, a new language or a new fact. It's creating new pathways in the brain that can only make you better only make you better. So let's get kids addicted to savoring food and savory spices and seasonings, as opposed to drugs. All right, you know, let's get kids addicted to what's coming up, what's blooming in their garden. I mean, my, my neighborhood boy uh, was just in my backyard last night. And I said, pick some of those cherry tomatoes, you know, and he, and he picked a few of out and took them home to his parents. And, you know, let's get kids addicted to that. Yeah, to doing for themselves. My kids hate it when they complain and I say, solve the problem and I'll walk away. I, I'm just not doing it for you. Right. Solve the problem. And let's let's teach people how to, like I said, we're, we're a tough group of people here in this region and we've been through a lot and we're, we're you know, we have had, become, we've been warriors in the past, you know, mm-hmm. with the Cold Wars and, um, just hardworking people, but like, let's, let's give that back to each other. Let's get that grit again. You know, let, let's not, not ask for a handout. Let's do, let's be, and let's do. Cassie, we've talked about some great things, great ideas. We have such exciting times ahead of, for us uh, with plant a seed. I'm, I can't wait for those seeds to develop. So thank you for being here today. I'm going to have you back because we're going to really talk about the, the progress we've made. Um, this is an incredible first start to Every Plate Has a Story. Your plate is very full <laughs> and has lots of uh, stories that you've shared with us, and I appreciate that so much. Um, moving forward, and we want to thank you. Thank we want you. to thank everything that you have done for us and with us. Well, this is like a great hour to spend. Yeah. I'd feel, I feel fortunate to be here. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much. And we want to thank everyone who's listening to this inaugural um, Every Plate Has a Story. Please keep joining us to kind of learn more about what we're doing and more about the stories of the plates that we represent and that we serve. Next time, we're going to be talking about our medically indicated food box program, which impacts folks with chronic disease to assist the food insecure to be able to have the foods they need for better health. So come back with us. Um, If you have questions about the food bank, please call us 304-523-6029 
or go to our website, www.facinghunger.org, and we'll see you again. Thanks again, Cassie. Thank Take you. Care. Thanks for joining us for our very first episode. Now don't forget, head over to facinghunger.org to find out how you can become part of helping tens of thousands of people in our region have access to food. And remember, every plate has a story. Thank you.